This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Hey folks, back uh, back with another episode of the Team Stripes Podcast and... Uh, we are lucky this week. We got a good friend of the show, and actually, I would have—I uh, think this is episode number thirty-nine. He is our first returning guest back by popular demand. So uh, we want to welcome on to the show, Mister Keith Caval. Keith, welcome again. Thanks, thanks for having me, and I, that's awesome. And second second time around, so I didn't—I uh, didn't put anyone to sleep. No one crashed their car listening to the podcast, and. Uh, for all you people out there that know me, that's I'm up two to one against Terry Koharski, so that's a that's a good thing, right? So Terry, try to catch up. I hope they give you another podcast, but uh, maybe they won't. Maybe maybe all his content is stale. So you know, maybe that's something Terry needs to think about. But it is what it is. And no, I I, I kid. Uh, thanks for having me back, and uh, congrats to you, and obviously Don and 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 the rest of the Koharskis for the. Uh, for the work that you guys uh, put in with the team stripes with, uh, with the Academy. I think that's some great, uh, great content. And uh, I, I think it's all, you know, obviously it's a great supplement to, uh, to any, whether it's hockey Canada or USA hockey to, to be able to get a little bit more um, refined educational points and stuff like that. So, you know, kudos to you with the quality of, uh, of the video and the content. I think that's really cool. And, you know, selfishly, I, I think you're probably going to push a lot of us, um, you know, behind the scenes to try to up our game as well. So I, I think it's a win-win situation for everybody and trying to make our officials better and, and really trying to support them. And I think uh, when it comes to, you know, using video and stuff like that, I think that's, you know, a great way to reach all of our officials and, and be able to give feedback and, and teach them and, and try to give them, uh, you know, what they need to try to be successful on the ice. Yeah, and uh, I swear to God, we didn't pay him for this for that little pitch there, guys. Anybody listening out there? So, uh, thank you very much for your kind words. And uh, before we get going here, we got we got to talk about this. You got uh, recently retired from the American Hockey League. Uh, I think a lot of our followers there have heard about this. They they know that you you stepped away from the American League. I mean, talk us through what happened in your last game there. Where was it? Who was the crew? Like, just talk us through uh- what was going on. No, you know, it, it was, it was a cool experience. Uh, worked, worked my last game October 13th in Cleveland and, uh, got to work with, uh, another podcast guest, uh, well, a few of them actually. I worked <laughs> with Timmy Mayer and, uh, Zach Roberts, who, uh, who runs, uh, runs the PEOC camps out of Pittsburgh, which have been, uh, you know, very successful for us. And, uh, Fraser McIntyre, who, uh, another great friend, uh, U.S., uh, uh, Olympian. Uh, represented us well at, at the last games, and uh, you know, it's it you know, it, it was a nice touch by the league. They let you essentially pick your last crew, right? And I, I know some of your other guests, uh, you know, um, a couple of the other guys, the NHL guys, talked about you know being able to pick your your final crew, and um, that meant a lot to me to be able to to, to pick uh, to pick my teammates, you know, almost for for one last game, and uh, um. You know, it, it, it's a cool. It was a cool experience, and I, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't a little bit um, sad when I was rolling my bag over to the arena from the hotel. Where uh, I think you're kind of reflective, right? You're reflective of all the games and experiences, but more so, probably pretty reflective of, of the sacrifices. Um, you know, 
my family and my loved ones have made for me over the years to, to get me to this, to this point. Right. And I think anyone that knows me, I'm pretty, pretty passionate, um, about hockey and about the game. And that's probably something that really, uh, helped me stay around as long as I did. Cause I truly love the game. And, uh, you know, you, you think about the good times and the bad times and stuff like that. And I, I was, you know, I was pretty reflective going into the game, but, uh, I guess the cool thing was, you know, being there at the game, um, you know, the league vice president was there, uh, to, to, to give me an award. And, uh, the uh, the Cleveland Monsters uh, presented me with a autographed team jersey, which was was uh, really cool and something they didn't have to do. But uh, no, it was it was an awesome experience. I can't can't say enough. You know, it was kind of funny. It was I wasn't on the ice there for uh, I, I think it was probably about a month in between. I did the charity game in, in Plymouth, Michigan, for USA Hockey, and then uh, honest to God, it was probably a month later. I'm back on the ice, and I'm like, all right, just don't get killed, don't get run over, right? Because the boys are buzzing, right? And uh, and you know, mission accomplished. And uh, I, I guess the cool thing was, you know, at the end of the game, the, the both teams kind of lined up and, and uh, shook my hand and wished me well on on, on my new endeavors. And uh, that means a lot, you know. I I talk talk to our guys a lot about trying to earn respect, and I think right there, that's that's the most, that's the ultimate respect, you know, uh, when the, when the players, you know, they put aside what happened during that particular game or, or whatever, and come up and wish you well. And it was kind of funny during the game, uh, guys were like, Hey, you know what? It's too bad to leave. And, you know, we, we think you should stick around, you know, don't go, don't go. And I, I start, I'm like, no, I appreciate it, but you know, it, it's time. And then, uh, I, I missed a slash in a neutral zone and I'm going past the bench and the whole bench like, what the fuck? And I go, and that's why I'm retiring boys. And they all start shocking me. So it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, I was a little bittersweet, but, uh, but no, you know what? It was cool. I had a, had a bunch of, uh, friends and family and loved ones and, and some people I didn't expect, uh, came in for the game from out of town. And we had a little, uh, a little post game party, which was cool. And, uh, and like I said, to be honest with you, I, I really haven't missed um, the, the skating aspect of being on the ice. And, and to me, if, if that's the case in my heart, then I, I know I've made the right decision. And I've really uh, I've embraced this new this new role with USA Hockey and with the North American League. And like I said, I'm uh, I'm excited uh, doing what I'm doing now and uh, and, and helping others. But uh, no, it was it was a cool way to go out. Um you know, I skated my first ever junior game in Cleveland and I skated my last ever game in Cleveland. So it's, it's kind of funny how things kind of come full circle. Right. So, uh, and if you saw that first junior game, you'd be surprised where I made it because, uh, I can remember, uh, being a linesman, my first game ever, I keep the puck in the zone in overtime and the, uh, the visiting team won the game. And, uh, I had one team that was kind of patting me on the back and the other team wanted to kill me. And it was, a uh, it was a it was a back to back situation, right? So this was the Saturday night, and I'm uh, I'm riding home with my uh, my good longtime friend Ray King that got me involved with this. And to be honest with you, I was almost in tears. Like I, I didn't know if I was going to go back to Cleveland the next game, right? Like I was like, holy, oh, like this is a different animal, right? Than doing just youth hockey. And I can remember the next day, like I, I made it back. I went, you know, go back to Cleveland. We're doing an afternoon game, same two teams, and you know we have to be out on the ice for warmups, and. Uh, you know, I had the, it was a Grand Rapids team at the time. They they kind of gave me like the, Hey, what's up? Good to see you. I kind of stick on the shins. And then uh, the Cleveland team was just uh, MF and me and like, Oh, you're back. And I'm like, Oh man. But uh, I guess the good news was I had a good second game and, uh, and I kind of never looked back, but 
it was kind of a funny way to start and finish. So it obviously came a long way from that and uh, kind of fitting that I started my career in the North American League and uh, finished my career in the, in the American League. And now I'm back in the North American League at the helm of uh, director of officiating. And uh, I got to say, first and foremost, we got to congratulate you on one heck of a career. Like, I know you've been all over the place, the KHL, the American League, uh, World Junior. I mean, you name it, you've been there. And more than that, you've been a huge supporter of, of you know, officials. And I know you're a very approachable guy. You're not somebody that, that shies away and people can come talk to you. They can, they can share their stories or whatever is going on. So I think I speak for, for many out there in the officiating world to thank you for everything you've done. And uh, it's one heck of a career, but it's certainly not uh, it's not over by any means here when with your league. So uh, I'd love to talk maybe just how your season's been going in terms of the North American League and you know running and managing your 450 officials. How's how's the season been going? You know what? To, to be honest, I'm pretty. I'm really proud of our staff. Uh, we had a very good training camp in in Plymouth, Michigan, which is uh, essentially the headquarters right for USA Hockey's uh, under 17, under 18 team. So. They have an amazing setup there at USA Hockey Arena, and uh, there's an adjacent hotel there. So, I mean, we bring in our, our full-time guys, and, and um, you know, Dave Smith from the National Hockey League comes in, helps us. We run our, run our guys through uh, the fitness testing, you know, and then we do a ton of, ton of skating and stuff like that and a lot of classroom work. But uh, I think the biggest thing we wanted to do this year is just to, to bring our team together. And, and I think, you know, times in the past, we weren't um, as cohesive of a team. And, and, and that's, you know, we, we've got guys with four, you know, four to five years of junior experience and then, and even some pro experience versus, you know, we got some guys that are, are fresh to junior hockey. So um, I give our veteran guys a lot of credit. They really kind of brought our younger, newer guys into the fold and made them feel comfortable and, uh, and, you know, made them feel like they're a part of our team right off the bat. And that says a lot about our guys there and, you know, those are some of the USHL guys. Those are some of the guys that are working uh, the Southern Pro League and the ECHL. And uh, and that meant a lot, right? That's something where, you know what, we didn't even ask them to do that. They just took it on their own to say, hey, this is this is what we want to do. But, uh, you know, we stressed, you know, this year moving forward, right? Like, we know we have a difficult job, but just about being professional and, and about being accountable. Not saying that we weren't that way in the past, but... Uh, you know, me coming in, certainly there's, there's a couple of things. I know people have read stuff I've said in the past, but, you know, there's certain things that we can control as officials, right? There's a lot of curveballs that are thrown at us during a game. And, you know, if, if, if you're in, you know, in the right position, you can make the right call some nights. Some nights it's not perfect. Some nights, you know what, maybe you're, you're working all day. And, you know, if you're skating major junior hockey in Canada, you know, maybe you're getting late to the rink and it's, it's tough to find that focus. But for us, like, really focus with our guys on just being prepared going out, being accountable, but more importantly, being honest. And, and you know what? Mistakes are going to be made. It's one, it's how we move on from that mistake to just recognizing that if we do make a mistake in, the, in this fast-paced game, that, you know what, we're open and honest with the players and the team. And obviously there's times I, I know they're not going to like our answer, but certainly I, I, I think we're not here to shy away from, from um, you know, if, if something didn't go our way during the game. Like I, I think we're always trying to learn and get better. And a lot of that stuff we really instilled uh, during training camp and just to let our guys know that, Hey, you know what? Mistakes are going to happen, but we support you. And I, I don't want our guys going out there being worried about, Hey, you know, what's Keith going to think if I call this or I don't call that. Like mm-hmm. I had a call the other day, one of our, our referees benched a coach. Right. And uh, 
he goes, Hey, I'm, just to give you a heads up, bench the coach. And he told me what the coach said. And I go, Hey, I go, I support you 110%. And he goes, I don't have to write something up. We don't have to have a video conference or a hearing or I go, no, I go, listen, he's a veteran guy. And you know what, if you felt that this coach crossed the line, which he did, you know what, I support you. So, you know what, it, it's just instilling confidence in our guys. And I, I think it all started there at camp, which was great. Our guys came to camp and they worked their tail off. You know, we had a great, uh, of course, you know, if you see my Instagram, I'm a big bowling fan. I bowl uh, once a week in a league and uh, <laughs> we took the whole team, bo- we, we took the whole team bowl and it was great. We, uh, we got, we got a bus and, uh, and we put all the boys on the bus and, uh, and we went out and we went bowling. And the cool thing was we had rookies mingling with the vets um, you know, we, we may or may have not had a few beverages flowing, but, uh, no, you know what? It was just a great way to bring all the guys together. And it's kind of fun for us from an administrative standpoint that you basically, you kind of see people's real, um, you know, their real kind of their traits or, or just kind of how they kind of open up. You know what I mean? A lot of times you get guys and they're pretty reserved, you know, and in that kind of camp atmosphere, but. Uh, the boys kind of let loose and, and we had a good time and uh, it, it was a great ending to, to our camp and really got us going for the, for the season. So I, I think the guys know me pretty well now that uh, I can be a fun guy, but I'm pretty serious when it comes to, you know, what we need to do to, to uphold the integrity of the game. And, um, you know, every once in a while I have to be a little bit hard on the guys and, and let them know that these are our expectations and try to reinforce that. But, um, certainly I've been in their skates, so I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, it's, you know, basically say, Oh, you know, you need to do this or why are you not doing that? Like I, to me, it's just about trying to give them some of the knowledge that I have and kind of relying on our supervisors to support them and try to get them better. And, and like I said, there, it, it's a tough job, right? No doubt. I mean, anyone that's on this podcast realizes that, but I think it's just a matter of us, um, you know, just trying to give them what they need and, and me learning, right? Like I'm not perfect at this job. Um, it, it, it's the, I love the X's and O's. I love working with the guys. I love being in the rink. Um, the administrative part, uh, you should see me on the, on the keyboard type and Hey, like I've been refereeing for 20 plus years. Right. Yeah. So I'm just pecking away like memos and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, like that's the, like, I'm not crazy about it, but I understand it's, it's a key component to my job, but that's, uh, that that can be uh, tough at times, but uh, like, like I tell my boys, listen, I don't expect you to be perfect, and I hope you you understand there may be some growing pains with me every once in a while on the administrative side, but uh, you know, no different than that. I'm doing the best I can, and and I think they realize that and respect that, so that's cool. But uh, no, you know what? I, I think just the biggest thing, right? We established um, kind of a mantra of of how we want to start the season and what we expect, and. Uh, we have a good team. You know, I, we have different levels of experience. Um, guys are moving up, which is great. Guys have graduated already to the USHL this season, which is awesome. And uh, we've had an opportunity to put some younger guys in some different positions that maybe they uh, they didn't expect to be in. So for that, you know what, uh, training camp I, I thought was awesome. So, you know, if we can do that once a year and, and really bring our guys in and get them engaged, on, on, on getting better both physically and mentally and getting everyone on the same page. I think that's, that's how you want to start the year. Right. And it's no different than, 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 you know, if you're in Canada and you're going to your, you know, different clinics or whatever like that, I, I think same thing with USA hockey, whatever it is, it's a kickoff to the year. It's an opportunity to bring everyone together and get everyone in that, in, in that mindset um, 
to be prepared for the season and, and get them to be successful. And that's that's what I think uh, you know everyone wants, regardless of level. And I'm just curious, like you know, especially now that you're on the administrative side, and like I think when we're referees or as officials, you know, you can have that moment of satisfaction after a game knowing you've done a great job that, that's like your big your big takeaway sometimes like on the administrative side like what are those satisfying moments for you like what are those big wins that you have on the administrative side um you know just watching the guy giving giving the guy something um whether it's positioning or, or talking about our standard whatever and watching them just kind of take that and kind of run with it right like yeah. um you know you know what a couple a couple of the guys early in the season you know we had a situation in a game guy calls I, you know, game I'm supervised and it's kind of funny, right? I'm not, trust me, I think everyone knows I'm a pretty fun guy, but I'm pretty serious. I can be serious at times too, but we had a situation, referee calls a two-hand chop slash in the back of the guy's knee and the guy kind of falls funny and he, he ends up calling a dive mm-hmm. and I lost my marbles. Hey, eh? like <laughs> I'm up in the stands and I lost it. So, uh, and this happened like late in the second period. So, so I, I I marched down to the room and um, you know I just I, I had a talk with the ref and you know and maybe I was a little bit fired up and I just you know I you know, kicked the trash can but I'm like listen you don't know in that situation where that stick completely hits right it could hit a nerve in the back of the knee it could hit anything like we just don't know and yeah does the player go down a little bit soft perhaps um, you know my message to him was like listen you know what, maybe you just call the slash, which I think would have been the safe right call. I said, you know what, maybe maybe you look at that other player and a, a couple shift players say, hey, listen, where did he get you with that slash? And maybe the kid's like, you know what, he got me he got me on the back of the knee, you know what, my knee froze up, uh, it kind of went numb, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But I said, my biggest thing I tell our officials, eh, is like, don't get in your own way, right? And, it, and, and, and I think in that situation there, like, both coaches were kind of funny after the game. They're like, yeah, we were kind of confused. I'm like, you were confused. I was confused. Right. So mm-hmm. in that situation, he could have just called the slash. And I don't think anyone would have thought different. And maybe the one team were like, well, did that guy go down funny? I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe that's a discussion we need to have with that team or with that player. But uh, in that situation, I think we send the wrong message, calling a two hand slash and then calling a dive. Right. So, yeah. you know what? <laughs> we had, we had a pretty good talk with the ref and, um, you know, I was pretty fired up, but I, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, no, I, I understand your mind, your mindset there, but you know, maybe we should try to try to do this differently next time. And and he obviously understood that. And and to be honest with you, that particular guy since that situation, he's been one of our best guys, and he's getting called up to the USHL. So, huh? you know, it's it's not it's not me kicking a trash can or screaming at him, yeah. but it's cer- certainly making him aware of listen we have a tough job as it is. Don't, don't get in the way of yourself. Hey, eh? don't get in your, don't get in the way of the game. Like there's going to be things that happen, you know what? So be it. But, uh, you know, that, that's the one thing, but no, back to your question, you know, just the, you want to talk about small victories. Like it's funny. A lot of our games on the weekends, we have two game series and usually Friday nights are, we're pretty successful. You know what I mean? We, we call a decent standard, whatever, but a lot of our officials will, will work them back to back in that same particular, you know, area or those teams. Mm-hmm. And, and my message to them is like, guys, you're almost refereeing a six period game. If you think about it, right? Like right. you got two nights in a row, you got the same two teams, like, 
that you know depending on on the history of the teams the way the style game like each each division we have plays a different brand of hockey right so there's a lot of stuff that that kind of goes into it but i i tell our guys like listen a call or a no call maybe in that first or second period may affect you in that fourth or fifth period like that's just the reality of the situation right so so for us it, it, it's a learning experience because a lot of a lot of guys haven't done that before especially at this level but um you know I think for myself, selfishly, like I've I've gone out of my way to make contact with the coaches and the GMs and the owners, letting them know what we're doing, how we're trying to get better, and obviously they're buying in. But you know, it's funny we we had a game, another game where we called a goalie interference, no goal, no penalty, face off outside, and I call the um, I call the coach the next day, and unfortunately they won, so it didn't cost them, but. They, they should have scored the goal. And, and I called the coach. I go, hey, listen, we, we just recognized that that should have been a goal. I go, um, you know, it's going to be a learning opportunity for that particular referee. I understand what he saw because he's looking at the play from behind the goal line. He's looking through the goalie, defenseman, and, and the forward. So, you know, this is what he may have recognized. But I go, you know, it's easy for me to referee by video, right? We can look at it and see that at the end of the day, that was the wrong call. Yeah. And and the coach was like, no, hey, thanks, I appreciate that, whatever. And then it's kind of funny. I, I run into the team owner probably a couple of weeks later, and uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, we really appreciate that phone call. He goes, you know, we didn't get that in the past, and you know, the coach was kind of like, well, that really doesn't do us any good now to the owner. And the owner goes, hey, listen, he goes, they're, you know, Keith's trying to be transparent and, and trying to let, you know, we monitor, you know, everything. It's kind of funny. They sometimes I, I don't think they think we watch as, as, as much as we do. And I kind of joke with our officials, right? Like every game's on hockey TVs. And I kind of joke, I go, Hey, always watching, you know, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll I, you know, I'll be in the war room here in my office and I've got four or five different games on and I'll see something. Maybe I message the guys and they're like, Oh, you're watching. Like, yeah, I'm watching. Like that's the only way that I can take in everything. Right. You talk about managing all these guys. It's, it, it's, it's our supervisors out in the field, which is great. But, it's also me trying to get a grasp on my staff, right, and seeing what we have. But um, no, when you talk about moments of, of joy or, or satisfaction, it's you know I got got a got a message from John Van Viesbroek, who now is the executive director of USA Hockey, and just him met, you know messaging me saying, hey, keep up the good work. The league is in a good place right now with with the way the officiating is, and you know keep it going, and and, and no different than uh, the same thing with my commissioner saying. Uh, you know what, uh, we're getting good feedback. The teams are happy. They've noticed the change. And, and we realize it's never going to be perfect, but we're certainly making uh, a step in the right direction. But uh, it, it's kind of like hey, it's early in the game, right? I'm not I'm not satisfied yet. I'm not going to get too happy. But uh, I, I like where we're at. And, and uh, like I said, there's going to be times when I'm kind of scratching my head and Probably it could be tonight when the games take place, but you know it's it, it's a process, right? And I think I understand that the officials understand that, but more importantly, I think the teams are finally buying in that hey, we're working hard, we're trying to get better. Um, you know, I basically one of my messages first day on the job to all the teams was listen, we're not having this adversarial relationship. It's not us versus them. It's not mm-hmm. you know the referees versus the team, and, and I think they're buying into that. You know, every once in a while. I'll have a coach that goes, hey, you know, this guy, he, he has it all for our team. And, and I'll, you know, what? me, the, no different than when I referee, I'll inject a little humor depending on the situation. I go, hey, listen, I go, this guy couldn't count his balls twice and get the same number. Trust me, <laughs> he's not out to get you, man. And, and, and they'll kind of think about it. They're like, they're like, yeah, okay, I get you, right? So it's, 
you know, you, you manage that. You manage sometimes these teams see the same guys over and over again, right? And maybe it, maybe it's not the most harmonious uh, relationship. So, you know, it, it's us working internally with, with our scheduler, Dan Monticelli, making sure there's not overexposure to a certain team or a certain area, right? So there's so much stuff that goes into it. But like, like I said, you know what, for me, the small victories is, is watching our guys grow, get better, and, and really taking what we give them and, and, and watching them develop. And I, I think, to, to me, that's the most satisfaction that I get. And one of the things I, I really enjoy about this job and all these years of teaching different camps is – is being able to to take something and maybe adjust the message or adjust it to to a certain official's skill set and or level that they're working right because i mean everyone's different everyone learns differently everyone kind of responds differently and i think that's one of the things that's made me um you know decent at this job is you know trying to get to know all these guys and and, and get perspective on you know, certain guys learn a certain way, right? Certain guys respond a certain way. I'm sure if I went into that locker room and kicked a trash can with a new guy, he probably would have, he wouldn't have known what to say. And it probably would have affected him the wrong way where here's a veteran guy who I expect a lot of, um, you know, worked our championship uh, series last year. So, you know what, I can kind of get away with maybe doing that and just saying, Hey, listen, you're better than that. And, and I expect more out of you. And, and he responded. So it's just kind of like that. It's no different than coaching a team. It's just put, trying to push the right buttons and, and, and making sure that sometimes you have to adjust the, the message um, to each guy, um, depending on their experience level and, and where they're coming from and, and what might be going on, right? Like, I'll reach out to our guys in our apartments and, hey, what's going on? We won't even talk hockey, right? Like, what's going on in your life? Are you getting settled in? And, um, you know, you know, what, you know, how's your relationships? Like what, you know, just trying to pick their brain a little bit. Cause you know, it's more, more than hockey to me. I mean, these guys, you know, they're living on, some of them are living on their own for the first time. They're living in different areas, but they're truly learning to be professionals, right. For the first time. And it's, it's a big difference between living at home and, you know, now all of a sudden you're cooking your own meals and you're going to the gym all the time. Like there's expectations we have for all our guys. So, um, just a matter of just trying to build those relationships with the guys and, and letting them know that, Hey, here's where you're at. You know, here's where I think we can go and, and trying to get there and trying to almost, you know, basically put out a map for them just saying, okay, this, you know, here's our goals for the season. This is, you know, I understand your expectations, right? Cause we've got some guys that are like, you know, they want to referee the finals tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, there, it's a, it's a process, right? There's, it's about getting reps. It's about working games. It's about working games in difficult situations and, and learning on the fly, learning on the job. And, you know, some of our guys are, are learning how to communicate. I mean, let's be honest, probably a majority of this crowd that's listening to this podcast, right? Their heads buried in the phone a majority of the day. So for yeah. me, it's about, think about when you have a coach that's yelling at you, like, how do you respond? Do you understand why that coach is yelling? Is that coach just yelling for effect? Is he trying to protect his players, his team, right? Like it's a family. I, I think sometimes, you know, we have a situation in a game where a, one of their players gets hurt, right? And maybe it's a hit. Maybe, you know, maybe it's something that happened. And, you know, they obviously they're very protective. They, that's their family. That's their team. No different than ours, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what, maybe on the video it shows, hey, nothing happened illegally. It was a clean hit. It was just whatever. And why is that coach yelling? Like you have to, I think you have to take in and understand, hey, why is he yelling? You know, is you know, is, is he at me? Is he upset at me? Why is he upset at me? Is he upset because of the injury? That's fine. You know, 
do I have a response to him? Can I explain, you know what, coach? That play right there, the puck was in your player's feet. You know what? The guy hit him. Your player was a little bit, you know, in, a, in an awkward spot, but it's not an illegal play. It's not an illegal hit. And, you know, unfortunately, your player gets injured. I hope he's okay. You know, where, you know, there's other times where, yeah, the coach is fired up. It's a dirty hit. You know, who's he mad at? Maybe he's mad at the other coach. Certainly mad at the player that, that maybe, you know, hit his player with a chicken wing to the head and knocked him out. Like, so it's just little things like that that, you know, we try to talk to our guys and try to teach them and, you know, try to give them perspective. I think that's the biggest thing. All of our officials, regardless, right, you can be doing an Adam game and, you know, it's kind of hard to say, hey, parents on the bench have perspective, you know, other other than trying trying to be worried about Pat and little Johnny stats. But, you know, everyone in the game has, has perspective, right? It's just about knowing – you know, why they do what they do and, and how they do it. And I, I think that makes you a better official if sometimes you just take a step back and, and say, okay, this is why they're mad or this is why they're arguing this point or, hey, they're just playing competitive. No one wants to win, right? At the end of the day, there's a reason why when we drop the puck that there's a scoreboard there because why? I mean, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, and one team's going to walk away happy and the other team's going to be, you know, probably ticked off. That's just the nature of the game, but – you know, the different elements during the game that we, we need to realize, you know, why they do what they do or why we do what we do. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it's maybe that's a complicated answer to your question, but it's, you know, it's just a part of, of the things that I think when I was coming up through the ranks, we really didn't talk about. You kind of just learned it. And, yeah. and now I'm trying to help and impart some stuff on the guys to try to prepare them. So when that, Oh shit situation happens, maybe we handle it a little bit more effectively. Yeah. And I think that's awesome perspective that and I, I like this is the reason we have you on the uh, show there, uh, Keith, is because you can offer this perspective <laughs> that maybe not everybody has access to. Certainly, there's tons yeah. of officials out there. I mean, like you said, you have 450 you'd work with in your league alone. So I think this knowledge is it's just like it's just it's just gold for a lot of these guys out there. And uh, I wanted to switch up the format a little bit here because I told you before the show that we have some uh, fan questions that got submitted to us uh, on our Instagram here. And I'm not going to put a that name to dangerous. this. I, oh, it is for sure. <laughs> I, and I'm not going to put a name yeah. to this first question. You might know who it is. Uh, I know you've worked with this person in the past, but uh, we have a user that, 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 that chimed in, and he wants me to ask you if Taylor Swift is your favorite in-game artist and why. We, we, well, I, and I know who this comes from, uh, good, good buddy Ryan Knapp. He's a, he's a beauty of a linesman. Uh, we were working a game together, and, like exhibition game and I think one of Taylor's new songs came out and I you know what I like to sing a little bit on the ice and I kept you know I was was just singing and uh, he was just he was pissing himself laughing eh? so (laughs) whatever whatever I hear from eh? he's like like, what are you doing you listen to a little Tay Tay today I'm like oh yeah you know I I give her some I give her some respect. Eh? She's a good singer and probably even better to look at but uh, (laughs) but no that's you know what that's that's the relationships you build with these guys, right? The fun times that that's the stuff I'll miss. Right. So, uh, so no, that, that's awesome. Ryan Knapp is a beauty. Uh, he's a beauty linesman, uh, great linesman too. And you know, there's, there's a guy where, you know, he's, he's local linesman in the American hockey league. And, you know, unfortunately you only see him maybe a couple times a year. Right. But he's the kind of guy where, you know what, maybe I didn't see him in six months and we can just catch up right away. And it's like, we never, uh, we never missed a beat. So certainly he's a guy I really miss and, uh, and, and just a guy that's a great asset to the game. And uh, now he's a beauty. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, and I'm going to have to give you 10 points for guessing that one right. That was Ryan. But like you say, you develop these relationships that you just build such close you know, connections that you, know, you can see these guys and just know them. Okay, I got a second question here for you. And I don't know if you're still okay. rock, rocking, a, rocking a mustache right now, but we had a few fan wheel. We had one fan question where he wanted us to ask you any advice you have for growing and maintaining a mustache as a referee. That was, you know what, that, that picture, it, it's funny. It's, I kind of, I, I put it on you know, probably a lot of your guys, like they're on LinkedIn, right? So I, you know, people usually have like a pretty professional picture, right? And with a you know, shirt and tie and someone captured a picture of me with the, with the Movember there coming out of the box after doing a video review. And that was the most heinous handlebar mustache I could possibly grow. And, and I'll be honest, like I, I, I put it on LinkedIn probably a few years ago before I've uh, gone to the dark side and gone to working on the administrative side. I, I should probably put a probably put a professional picture on there because I'm sure people look like, look at this, look at this guy. What the hell is going through his head, right? But uh, you know what? Right now, yeah, I'm, I'm growing, I'm growing some facial hair. Um, I've got it in more in the goatee kind of thing going on because I don't want to scare people at the airport. Um, because it just, I mean, you think about it, people in hockey appreciate Movember and, and what it means. And, and, and all kidding aside, I think it's a great thing that the hockey community comes together to do. But I mean, people outside of hockey, if they see people like buzzing all these mustaches, like it just kind of looks kind of ridiculous. Right. So, um, you know, it, it, it is for a good cause. Um, we have our, we have a mid season meeting coming up in a couple of days and, um, it'll be interesting to see all the boys trying to grow muzzies, right? Cause we got, we got some kids that, uh, you know, they, they, they couldn't grow a mustache to save their lives. Then we got other guys that look like they, they had, uh, they've had a beard since they were 10 years old. Right. So I, I'll be curious to see that, but, uh, no, you know, it's to talk about that. The picture on LinkedIn with, with the mustache, um, the league needed a, a headshot of me uh, for for the for the for the league page. I really didn't have anything like professional, right? Because it's not like we go to glamour shots or freaking take like a high school picture, or whatever, right? Yeah. So I I, I I used a picture from uh, I had to use for Russia uh, for for my documents and typical, right? You can't smile in Russia, so <laughs> I had this picture, and the first thing came out of a couple people's mouths were like, "Man, you look like you were you were." Uh, you were in a bad mood over in Russia. I'm like, well, I, I couldn't smile, man. So that's kind of looks like a detention picture, but yeah, I don't know. I go maybe, maybe by the end of the season, I'll have a happy, uh, fun face. I don't know. Maybe after a couple of drinks, a couple of Miller pounders or something like that, I'll take a good, uh, a good photo. But, uh, no, the tips to growing a good muzzy, I, if you can do it, great. If you can, I've seen some of the boys try the dress for men. Um, <laughs> which is funny, funny to me, right? Cause they're just trying to make it uh, grow in. They kind of look like a, uh, kind of look like a conquistador or some, some weird cat or a, or a, or a, a biker. But, uh, I don't know if there's really any kid. I, I guess it's just patience, right? I guess now I really, for my new position, I really don't have to shave if I don't want to. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's the cool thing, right? When you're official, you gotta, you gotta kind of look the part and shave. But even though I see officials nowadays with full grown beards, I mean, that's something, when I was coming up with a no, no. Right. But, uh, now I see guys with all kinds of different facial hair and stuff like that. But, uh, now I, I don't know if there's one way to do it or not, but, uh, <laughs> you know, good, good, good luck to all the officials out there trying to grow one. That's for sure. And, uh, last question is we're going to let you go. And I, that was a great answer, by the way. Great answer. 
last question, and this is a, and we had a few other ones, but this one's actually somewhat of a serious question. So when you were in, in Russia in the KHL, the question that one of our, our users uh, uh, chimed in, I guess, is how did you communicate with the players and how did you actually manage a game when there was a huge language barrier? Uh, you know what? It was interesting because some, I'll be honest, I, I think a majority of the guys um, could or can speak English. It's just a matter if they wanted to. Um, for me, the toughest thing was positioning where, you know, over here, if I'm in the corner, right, and then the defenseman's coming back, I'll say, hey, heads up, you know, one guy on you, whatever, like that, right, and just kind of see what they do, and you kind of learn the trends of, of how the team plays, and, you know, especially in the four-man system. And you can kind of, you know, if, you, if you're in the corner and you're around players, like, hey, heads up, you know, whatever, you're, you know, you're kind of talking to them, hey, stick down, whatever. And that, to me, was the toughest thing over there because some guys, I didn't know if they could speak English or not, and – you know, usually like, Hey, head, heads up. Hey, I'm right here. And I'm like, a couple of the games I'm like, Ooh, this isn't working. Right. Like this isn't, the, they don't care. They don't even acknowledge that I'm, that I'm, I'm working in the corner. So to be honest with you, I started like yelping, like, like a dog or I was making <laughs> funny noises uh, and I'm being serious. Right. Cause I'm like, wow. hoo, hoo, yip, yip. And, and you would kind of get there. You would, you would get their attention. Right. Because I didn't know how else to do it, but I certainly didn't want to get killed with, with the guy kind of just turning and firing at me. So that was, that was the biggest, uh, that was really the biggest, hardest thing to do. Um, you know, the other, the other unique thing was, is just communicating with the benches, right? Usually every team probably had one representative that would speak English because I mean, there's a lot of North American players over there. There's Swedes, there's Finns, there's Czechs. And, you know, you would always at least get one guy that, that would, would know English. But I, I can remember a referee in um, the Red Army team, right, the, the historic Red Army team. And, you know, I had a coach, and he's, like, clapping at me, and he's like, Obama, Obama. And I'm like, I go, huh? He goes, he goes you, Obama. And I go, I, I go, hey, I go, um, no, I, I, I didn't vote for him, right? And the whole team starts laughing. Right? It was just kind of weird, but that's like, that they knew I was the American guy, but it was just like, yeah, that was, his way of trying to get, you know, uh, my attention, right? Just yelling, Obama, Obama. Like, no, I, I didn't vote for it. Thanks. I appreciate it. But yeah, no. So, so yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting trying to, to communicate, um, with those guys. I mean, I, I had some linesmen in certain areas that I guarantee you didn't speak English. Right. So, I mean, you want to talk about being by yourself in the locker room, like that, that was the toughest part, right? Like over here, like, yeah, if I'm with Napper, he's, He's talking about taking his, his kids to go see Tay-Tay at Madison Square Garden where those guys, like, I'm just sitting there by myself. Like, it was, that was the toughest part of, of not being able to communicate just with them, let alone the players. So, I mean, any time that I had the opportunity, if there was a North American League player on the ice and we had a stoppage and the time was right, um, you know, they would say something to me. It was kind of, it's kind of funny, right? Like, we all kind of flocked to each other. Like, hey, good to see you. Hey, like. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of like wow, you know, it's kind of you can kind of humanize the game in a way because you actually get a chance to, to to finally talk to somebody in your own language. But it's certainly I have way more respect, you know, I, our our wonderful and I say this jokingly, president here right now wants to build walls and keep people out. I certainly empathize when you have people that come to our country that don't speak the language um, because I was that person over there, right? And I'm like, wow, like 
you, there's certain things you take for granted. And I certainly have a lot of respect for people that come over, um, that, that try to adjust and try to, you know, assimilate to the culture. Um, and to be honest with you, there, there's a, there's a thing in hockey right there that kind of, you know, I learned a lot more about life than I did through hockey right then and there just saying, wow, you know what I mean? Like certain things you take for granted, just asking someone where the bathroom is or, you know, or, uh, you know, where to eat or how to get around or travel. Like I, I have much appreciation for people that are out of their comfort zone and, and have gone to a different country and, and try to, to fit in and try to change their lives. Right. So for me, you know, it's funny as, you know, some of that stuff is, it, it, it's a reality that I, I give those people a lot of credit because that's, that's not easy. You're certainly out of your comfort zone. And a lot of times, I think a lot of people aren't willing to go out of the way to help you, right? Because you're different. You're not from there and stuff like that. So that certainly was, uh, it was a hard lesson at times just trying to, to fit in and try to, you know, get by on a day-to-day basis. And that, right. like, like I told other people, I said probably, the easiest part was, was going to the rink, was being inside the rink during that particular game. It was everything else that made that the most difficult uh, challenge uh, that I ever pretty much faced, both on and off the ice, was just uh, trying to get used to that. So I, I hope that answers that question. But, yeah, it was, it was tough at times. But, uh, you know, I give credit to some of the guys. Some of the guys spoke some English, and, and they helped me out. But uh, it, it truly was a pain at times. And uh, that's a great answer. And geez, man, like uh, usually these podcasts about refereeing, but today we've talked about mustaches. We've talked about uh, politics a little bit. We've talked about language barriers. <laughs> and so we've touched on a bit of everything. And uh, Keith, as usual with the podcast, uh, we would love to finish off, I guess, with just some advice you have. And I'm trying to remember the last advice you gave in the last episode, but it must have been pretty good because we had a lot of people asking for you to come back. So, uh, again, any words of wisdom for this episode uh, uh, as, you, as we sign off? No, I, you know, I, I'd say this to our officials. I had a conversation with a guy today that he's refereeing kind of in our, for, for your Canadian listeners, it's the Junior B loop, right? He, he wants an opportunity at the Junior A level. And I think it's, it's important for our officials to realize, like, we, you know, I, I look at it as a team, right? I, I continue to try to build our team and move our guys up and on. And we've got some guys that are first-line guys that are graduating to the USHL, which is awesome. And we've got some guys that are doing very well at the Tier 2. Um, my message to officials, like, listen, don't, don't get frustrated um, at, at the particular level you're skating. I, I think it's very easy at times you look at, at different assignments and you're like, we all compare each other, right? We compare ourselves like, you know, why is this guy skating this and why am I not doing this? Or I'm a better skater or blah, 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 whatever, whatever it may be. Um, my message to the officials are to go, listen, if you continue to develop your craft at that, at that level, whether it's junior B or down here at tier three or trying to get up to the tier two, the junior A level, like, um, really try to just focus in on, on that particular level and, and embrace what you're doing because you're going to be noticed. Um, I mean, if you saw my office, you would see, I, I have a depth chart and I have our guys and you know, it, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, this guy's a fourth line guy or blah, blah, blah. It's, it's more so of an experience and what they've skated and what they, what they've done. And, and, and I look at that and I'm like, okay, who, who fits best in our lineup? Who has an opportunity to move up? And, and, and essentially who's the next guy, right? Like that's, that's the thing. Like if we're doing our jobs and we're developing officials, you know what, we're moving guys up and we're moving guys on. And the biggest thing that, you know, you talked about earlier about, you know, what, what's your satisfaction? My satisfaction, 
is giving guys opportunities to move up and move on. That's all I want to do. And it, there's no hidden messages. There's no, no trick to it. It's just hard work. It, it's guys that are going to be able to, to, to communicate in difficult situations. It's guys that are going out calling the right penalties. It's the guys that are going out and just being professionals, you know, and it's, it's the little things like we talked about earlier about showing up, being on time, being respectful, being a good teammate to, to, to yourselves, but also being a good teammate to the game and, and just going out and representing the league well. And, and my message is, you know what, if you're working that midget hockey, you want that chance to, to start refereeing junior C, you know what, keep working hard. Your hard work is going to, is going to show up and it's, it's going to be acknowledged. And you know what, sometimes too, you've got to be your own salesman. You've got to be your own guy, you know, and maybe, maybe you call up, you know, that you're a signer or, or, or whoever's in charge of the league and just say, Hey, you know what, just wondering what's going on. And I, I mean, if you ask my guys, I have an open door policy. Hey, eh? there's something on your mind. If you're not happy or you think the schedule's a little bit funky, Hey, let, let's talk about it. Cause you know what? Managing 450 officials is not easy. And, and I couldn't do it without um, my support staff of, of Dan Monticelli and Scott Velkin and the rest of the ODP. So, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Just don't get frustrated. Continue to work the games. You know, if you need support, support's going to be there. Um, you know, and and just be proactive. I, there's nothing worse than having a guy come up to us six months later and go, hey, you know, this has been really bothering me and I'm not happy with my assignments. Like, you know what? Like, if you're proactive and say something right away, maybe we can make a change. Or, you know, maybe it's maybe this guy's like, hey, you know what? I've seen this team seven times. Like, it doesn't matter. I could be Wes McCauley, but you know what I know. If you see a team that many times, nothing good is going to come of it, right? So just stuff like that. I think just be proactive and, and be patient. It is a process, you know, and, and go out and work hard every night and, and know that you can only control so much. And, you know, there's a lot of variables that go into assignments and, and things. And, and trust me, it's not personal. We want to put guys out. But, you know, my message to our guys is, like, listen, you're going to get a chance at the next level. You're going to get moved up when you're ready. I don't want to put a guy in a situation to fail. Like to me, that's what I worry about. I worry about, do I put this guy in a situation? Is he ready for it? Is, can he, can he handle it physically? Can he skate this level? But more importantly, is he ready for this mentally? And, and guys, guys are like, yeah, 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 I'm ready. And then you put them out there and they're like, dude, you're not ready. So for me, sometimes, you know what? I pump the brakes on a few of our guys. And I know they, they get upset. I know they want it all, and they wanted it yesterday. But I don't want to put, a, uh, put one of our officials in a position where something bad happens and they're scarred. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to me, it's, it's about putting guys in places to succeed. And, and that's how, why and how I kind of run this like a team, because I want to put guys out in positions that they're ready to, to handle. And, and you know what? Sometimes guys are going to be a little bit uncomfortable, and that's good. But I certainly don't want to put them in a position where they're like, wow, you know, I'm not ready. I'm scarred. I'm not seeing things. And, you know, for us, that's the process. That's, that's the stuff that, that kind of keeps me up at night when we have to inject maybe a new guy into the lineup that, you know, I hope he's ready. Can I put him with other officials to help him be ready? I mean, that, that's the thing, right? I, like I said, I get it. Guys get frustrated. They want to be moved up and stuff and, Listen, in due time, guys are going to get moved up, you know, and sometimes maybe there isn't movement, you know, maybe there isn't a place for that guy to move up to the USHL or move, move up to major junior. Right. And it's, it's, can you be patient enough? Can you still be 
a, a good teammate to everyone else and not get frustrated because it's easy to get you know pissed off and upset that you're like well i'm I'm still here and I'm doing this and you know this guy he moved up to the tier one and he's making more money well yeah. you know maybe that's something you have to reevaluate and say hey you know why am I doing this am I am I only doing it for money or am, or am I doing it to, to to try to progress and, and for the love of the game right so I mean that's probably a long way to answer it for you but you know, just trust the process and, and trust that we're trying to do what's best for, for that particular individual. But more importantly, we're trying to do what's best for our entire team. And I, I like I said, I don't want to put guys out in, in, in situations or positions that they're clearly not ready for. So for us, it's to me, that's my message to all the officials out there, regardless, you know, you could be doing an Adam game or you could be doing, you know, a QMJHL game. You know, it, it, it is a process. And I know at times we look at what the National Hockey League is doing and, you know, we kind of get frustrated, right? But that's their thing. That's what they're trying to do. But um, for us, my message to my guys is simple. You know what? Trust our process. Be honest. You know, I'll tell a guy, you know, maybe this is why you're struggling. You know, maybe we need to work on power skating, whatever it may be. Maybe it's rule knowledge. But that I, I've learned so far has really helped me with managing our guys is just being honest and just saying, hey, this is what's going on. You know what? You had some trouble with the team last year. Unfortunately, they haven't forgot. So maybe I'm I'm keeping you away from this team. It's nothing personal, but I think by putting injecting this guy into in that particular game, it doesn't matter. They're not going to be happy. So you know that's there's so many different things that go into it. But you know, long story or just to try to, to, to shorten it up for you, I think just trust the process and understand that um, your your assigners, your coaches, your supervisors. Uh, whether it's at the national level or even at a local level, everyone's out there trying to do their best to put you in the best position to succeed. And you know what? Some nights are going to be good. Some nights aren't going to be good, but it's it just a, a matter of just trusting that process. Yeah. And uh, Keith, we can't thank you enough. I mean, every time, well, this is the second time we've talked to you, but it's just a, a gold mine every time of advice and just life experience and stories. So Honestly, can't thank you enough, and uh, I'm sure we're gonna have to get you on another episode. You know, in, even if that's gonna make uh, you know your Jamie Koharskis or your uh, Tim Mayers a little little rattled, we'll have to get you on. Uh, we're gonna have to get you on again here at some point. No, that's that's great. I appreciate. It. Like I said, I think what you guys do it's a great forum for officials, and it's uh, it's much needed, right? I think this is the kind of thing. It's it's support, right? I think during the season, a lot of times. Guys, go to the, your, you go to your early season clinic, and then maybe you don't see another supervisor for a while, or you don't get that support in certain areas. That's just you know the game continues to grow at a, a certain rate, right? So yeah. I think this is a great great complement to uh, to just kind of you know it's another resource, which is awesome. And I and I think as you guys grow and we we grow in our different leagues, like I, I think this is an awesome thing that you guys are doing. So kudos to you, and uh, if I can ever be a uh, you know, a level of support to that. Uh, absolutely. I, I enjoy uh, what you guys do and enjoy kind of sharing some of my experience and trying to make uh, officials on, on both sides of the border better.